HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Cheese State University. Cheese State University was created for dedicated cheese professionals seeking to deepen their knowledge, sharpen their skills, and build connections. Join them in the Ivy League of Cheese Education at cheesestateuniversity.com. Hello, welcome to Japanese. I'm your host, Taki Katayama, a food writer and the director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes deep understanding Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from Brooklyn, New York. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every day on the supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi, ramen, izakaya, but what is exactly are they? Japanese food is so mystery for many people, and I try to demystify it in this program with my cook guests. My guest today is Takashi Sato, who is an generation family member of Sanjirushi Jozo in Mie Prefecture, and he's also the president of Sanjay International in Virginia in the U.S. And Sanjirushi Jozo has been making soy sauce and miso since 1804, and in 1978, the company decided to expand its business to the U.S., now, 45 years later, Sanjay is one of the most familiar soy sauce brands in the U.S., and you may have seen it, its label at Whole Foods Market, uh, for instance. And soy sauce is a quintessential ingredient of Japanese food, but many of us do not know the different types and their unique flavors. So Sanjay specializes in tamari, and which is a rare type even in Japan. And also unknown is the fact that precious tradition of fermented food production has been declining in Japan, and Takashi is very much concerned about the situation. And that is why he created the Hakko Hub, which aims to revitalize the artisanal fermented food industry. So today we'll discuss the diverse types and flavors of soy sauce, what exactly tamari soy sauce is, how Takashi's unique product line can help people with allergies, and his efforts to revive the traditional fermentation businesses in Japan, and much, much more. But before we start, Japanese is available on the Heritage Radio Network website, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify as a podcast. So please go to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, whichever you listen to, and subscribe to Japanese. Please write a review. We really appreciate your feedback. 
Now let's start a conversation with Takashi Saito. Ah, Takashi Sato, sorry. Hi, Takashi, welcome to the show. Hi,、uh, thank you for having me today. So, this is exciting. Whenever I see、um, you know, your tamari products,、uh, I go to Whole Foods Market and、uh, it's delicious. So, I've been really excited about the show today. So, thank you. Thank you. Right, so, to get to know you first,、uh, where are you from and what did you eat when you grew up? Well,、uh, um, I was born and raised in Japan. And、uh, I remember that we mainly ate at home, and my mother cooked mostly Japanese food at home. I bet, because you're the best soy sauce, so、mm-hmm. why didn't go beyond、yeah. that, right? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>、right. So, and as I said earlier, you are the eighth generation of the traditional soy sauce and miso maker. So,、uh, what is the history of your family business, including its successful expansion into the US market? Yeah,、uh, just like you mentioned, I explained in the beginning that the,、uh, my family originally founded this company in 1804 in Japan, so 220 years ago. And、uh, <clears throat> we expanded to the United States in 1978. And of course, it was not me who did it, it was my father who brought the business to the United States. And、uh, <clears throat> why did my father? The soy sauce business to the US.、Um, initially, it was not intentional. So,、uh, let me explain the background.、Um, since my father was a second son of the family,、um, he needed to find his own living by himself other than the family business because only one child can take over the business. So, After he graduated from college, he joined a totally different company, which was a Toyota Motor Corporation, the Toyota Motor Vehicle Corporation. And he was assigned to the international sales department and he was in charge of the US market. So at that time, my father came to the US often, but not for soy sauce, but to sell Toyota car. And,、uh, During his stay in the United States,、uh, just like we do now,、uh, my father had to take his customers to dinner to entertain them. At that time, he always used Benihana restaurant. I think you know the Benihana, that it's a teppanyaki style restaurant. And the reason why my father always went to Benihana was because the founder of Benihana. Mr. Rocky Aoki, he was a classmate of my father at high school. In Japan,、oh, wow. so、that's why. <laughs> <laughs> It's a small world. <laughs> And、um, so in Benihana, as you know, that the chef uses soy sauce when he cooks beef or chicken or whatever. And my father was surprised to find that not small, I mean, many Americans enjoy the meat flavored with soy sauce. And he thought that. Selling Toyota car is a very exciting job, but selling soy sauce in, in the United States might be more exciting. So he quit the job at Toyota and set up the soy sauce importing office in the US. That was 1978. And、uh, in 1987, we built a factory in Richmond, Virginia, and started producing soy sauce from the very scratch. That is、uh, our history. Mm, amazing. Wow. So it、mm. makes sense. And he has that global <laughs> experience. And、uh, yeah, it really explains 
the company's success. So, and yourself, after graduating from your college, uh, you worked for a big corporation for six years, and then you joined、mm-hmm. your family business, like your father. So, then immediately after that, you moved to the US and became in charge of Sanjay International in Virginia in 2001. So, why did you choose to work in the US? Uh, uh, basically, the Swiss market in the US looked very attractive to, attractive to me. Because the,、uh, the Swiss market in Japan is、uh, kind of matured and at the same time very conservative. And、uh, on the other hand, the Swiss market in the US is not only still expanding, but also seems to be very changing a lot. For example, there are many different types of Swiss in the market. And also, it is exciting to see that people from many different countries around the world are using soy sauce in their own cuisine. That is also very interesting to me. That's why.、Mm. Wow. Yeah, it must be really exciting because、uh, I、mm-hmm. think the Japanese、yeah. uh, food will be increasingly becoming popular. So I think there are more opportunities, people are more curious, even more than now, to like, increasingly. Um, growing interest into Japanese food. So that's、yeah. very interesting. Right?、Mm-hmm. Um, so I believe when you came to the US, the Kikoman brand was already dominating the market. Of course, that's a really a big corporation. So, how did you manage to penetrate the market without being a big company like Kikoman? Yeah, exactly. Kikoman was already giant when we came to the United States. So, yes, it was,、uh, uh, how do I say, Big challenge for us to, to compete with the Kikoman at that time, too. And in conclusion,、um, there was one big encounter for my father in the beginning, which ended up becoming a big help for us to avoid direct competition with the Kikoman. And it was a hippie people. <laughs> it was a, yeah, it's a hippie people. And it was 1970s、uh, my, when my father came to the United States. So the hippie movement was still very active. And、uh, these hippie people were originally people who liked their natural food because they didn't like anything artificial. So being impressed by those movements, my father decided to make. Soy sauce for them, hippies.、Mm. That means, yeah, that means they are, are organic, no preservative, no chemicals. And、um, at the time, the、um, natural food market itself was very, very small, but that expanded a lot later. And the hippie community contributed greatly to that growth. For example,、uh, Whole Foods, just like you mentioned, it It is the biggest natural food chain in the, in, in the US, and they are headquarters in Austin, Texas, which is a hippie town. Or、uh, Wild Oats, once the number two company in the industry, they were headquartered in Boulder, Colorado, which is also another hippie town. So, to the return to the story, yes, in order to avoid direct competition with Kikuman, my father worked with the hippies. And it turned out it was a success. But、uh, um, what, I wanted to emphasize, what I wanted to emphasize here is that、um, the quality of soy sauce Kikuma makes is also very high and very good. 
So I'm not saying that uh, we could gain our share because our quality is better than Kikumon. That is not what I'm saying. Both Sanjay and Kikumon are making good choices. And um, what I'm saying is here is that we could gain our current share by choosing a different market from the Kikumon. That is why. Mm, right. So um, the Kikumon probably went uh, from the entrance of the Japanese mm -hmm. food, but your, um, it's kind of like a, your entrance was in a lifestyle kind of. Yes. Different exactly. Yes. Right. Interesting. Uh. So, <laughs> so what is your mission now as the president of Sanjay International? Because it's a, you know, the well, hippie people, <laughs> that's natural, <laughs> natural nature of your products was appeal, but now everybody's talking about you know, the healthier, uh, sustainable, natural food. So probably your mission has been shifting over time since you came here, right? Well, yeah, but uh, it's uh, still simple. Uh, as, a as a president of Sanjay, my mission is still to grow this company by providing good product to the uh, consumers in the United States. That is uh, my main mission. Mm. Okay. Um, so, all right, I'm going to get into the uh, details of your products, including Tamai. So we'll take a quick break here, and then I'll dis discuss those mm -hmm. fun stuff later um, in a moment. So please stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Cheese State University. Cheese State University was created for dedicated cheese professionals seeking to deepen their knowledge, sharpen their skills, and build connections. It feels like a gift to be able to give this gift to people because I know that from my own experiences, I know how valuable, consolidated, mm -hmm. incredible training resources are. They offer an in-depth education on all things cheese, as well as an active network for peer support and career development. You can pop over to the Quad, which is our social networking and engagement app. Um, and so that's a really fun and dynamic aspect of Cheese State University. Cheese State's three-part course is designed for seasoned pros and entry-level mongers alike and covers all the skills one needs to perform on the cheese counter. The structure of Cheese State University is all based on the Cheese State University Field Guide. Um, and that is a three-volume resource. It's all digital online. At the end of the course, students will be ready to ace the field guide assessment and earn their Cheese State Scholar Certificate. Another resource is a video series where we tackle sort of like these thornier questions that you can get on the cheese counter, like what is rennet and like why is this cheese so expensive and can pregnant people even eat cheese? At Cheese State, you're among experts, you're among scholars, you're among cheese lovers, and most importantly, you are a monger. Join them in the Ivy League of Cheese Education at cheesestateuniversity.com. And welcome back. You're listening to Japan Eats on Heritage Radio Network, HRN. I'm your host, Aki Koteyama, and my guest today is Takashi Sato, who is the eighth-generation family member of Sanjirushi Jozo in Mie Prefecture and the president of Sanjay International in Virginia in the U.S., uh, which produces tamari-style soy sauce. So... Uh, first, let's talk about soy sauce. So soy sauce is a quintessential ingredient of Japanese dishes, but many of us outside of Japan don't know uh, that there are different types of soy sauce and each one has very unique flavors. So could you give us uh, what types of soy sauce exist? 
Yeah,、uh, in Japan, there are five types of soy sauce in Japan, and basically the difference between them is the ratio of soybean to wheat. And、uh, basically, the more soybean, the stronger the umami and darker the color. And the more wheat, the more sharp and lighter in color. Yes. Okay, so what are the names of these five different types? Oh, the name of those five types is the、uh, koikuchi type. And this is, the, this is the most typical soy sauce in Japan, including the kikuma mix. And usukuchi type, and tamari type, and saishikomi type, and、uh, shiro type. And、uh, yeah, in the US,、uh, out of the, these five types of soy sauce, only two types of soy sauce might be available in the typical market, which is koikuchi type soy sauce, which is made from 50% soy and 50% wheat. And this is kikuman type soy sauce. And the other one is tamari type, which is we make. Mm, right. So、um, I heard that Koikuchi is、um, maybe it's an outdated data, but it was like 80% of what people consume in Japan. And,、um, oh, yeah.、Mm-hmm. Right? It's still majority. And、um, I mean, Uskuchi, Shiro Shoyu, those things are、uh, kind of regional.、Um, I think in the Kyoto Kaiseki chefs、uh, who prefer、mm-hmm. the colors of the ingredients not to be brown, they tend to have lighter color. Uh, those shiro shoyu. And it's、mm-hmm. just、uh, the style, and you can really utilize different kinds of soy sauce depending on your purpose. And also, I think,、uh, isn't shiro shoyu that has saltier despite the color? It doesn't look so salty, but it's、uh, mm-hmm. saltier. And、um, yeah, and also, what's saishikomi shoyu? Shoyu soy sauce. Oh,、uh, yeah. It's. <laughs> It is very difficult to explain it a little bit, in, especially in English. But yeah,、uh, if, you, if I translate it directly in English, it is said that double, double brewed soy sauce.、Um, the, when we make soy sauce, we add brine to the soybean and wheat during fermentation. But what they do is that they add soy sauce. Instead of brine into the soybean and wheat in the beginning of the soy,、uh, in, in the beginning of fermentation. So it's gonna be very thick、uh, soy sauce at the end. For example,、uh, if you make coffee at home, you add hot water over the, uh, uh, soy, uh, over the coffee bean, right?、Mm. But、uh, please imagine that if you add coffee instead of hot water, Over coffee beans. It's g o n n a be very thick coffee. <laughs> so that's what they do in the soy sauce factory. So, yeah, it, it is very unique and、uh, very thick. And uh, yeah, uh, I love the taste too.、Mm, right. So,、um, but who uses the saishikomi shoyu? Because the majority of our listeners probably never heard of saishikomi shoyu. So, yeah,、uh, it might be a little difficult to. Find it in the United States, but there are、um, uh, one brand I can recommend is the、uh, Yamaroku soy sauce. They are,、uh, they are making soy sauce in the,、uh, a very small island in Japan, and they are、uh, fermenting their soy sauce in the very traditional way in the、uh, wooden tank, in other words, kiyoke in Japanese. 
And actually, they were introduced even on Netflix in the United States. So it, they are very getting, uh, they are getting popular. And uh, you can find it on Amazon, actually. Yes, actually,、um, if you type soy sauce on Amazon.com, this Yamarok soy sauce is ranked usually number one. So,、oh, wow. yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's a little expensive, but、uh, I, it's, it's worth trying it. Mm, right, because、uh, of course, instead of salt, already soy, made soy sauce is a product, I mean, the ingredient. <laughs> so, right, but I heard,、um, I think I had a Saishi Komi shoyu at a sushi, sushi restaurant, and because it's、uh, thicker and kind of more viscous,、mm -hmm. uh, it was great, but、right. just sticking to sashimi and、um, Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things you may want to try, my listeners, if,、mm -hmm. if you go to Japan. And <laughs>、um, yeah, so, I mean, by the way,、uh, soy sauce in Japanese is shoyu. So, shoyu or soy sauce is like interchangeable words.、Um, but、uh, it's just interesting how、uh, the texture can be different and also the level of umami、um, can be、mm -hmm. different. Right? The most soybeans, do you think, are more umami in,、right. yes. mm -hmm. in the products? Right.、Um, Yeah, so、um, listeners, I, you know, the umami is the fifth stage after salty, sweet,、uh, sour, bitter. And the umami is it's very important. It's a key element of soy sauce. But by the way, what makes a good soy sauce, in your opinion, depending on, of course, different types? But in general, what makes a good soy sauce? Uh, uh, all the process of the soy sauce making is very important for、uh, the quality at the end. But the,、uh, I would say the most important part of the,、uh, for the quality is at the very beginning, the koji making.、Uh, koji, is a kind of, koji is the name of the mold, which is very unique to the fermented food in Japan,、uh, not only for soy sauce, but also for miso or sake. Uh, koji is the kind of key element, key ingredient for those fermented foods. So, in order to grow this koji mode, it's very kind of sophisticated and very difficult to maintain the quality. So, yes, that part is the most important part、mm. for the good quality. Right. Yeah, we had a koji、um, spore. Providers a couple of times on the show, but Koji is such、oh, a delicate.、Okay. Yeah, so、um, it is、uh, everything delicious in Japanese cuisine t e n d to be made with Koji mold. So,、mm. yeah, and、uh, what I heard often、uh, from sake producers, they can't eat strong、uh, bacteria、uh, carrying food like natto because Koji is delicate and natto is so potent that they can kill. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Right. So, anyway, so, okay. Then, the, so this is the key question. So, your family business has been focused on tamari soy sauce. So, what is、um, the difference of tamari and、um, uh, what, what, what's special about you know, production, ingredients, and taste, and how you use it? Yeah,、uh, tamari is famous for its umami flavor.、Uh, it's because tamari uses a high percentage of soybeans, which contains much protein. And this protein is broken down into amino acid during the fermentation period. Then we recognize this amino acid as a umami. That is why tamari has a strong umami taste. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So in other words, um, it's, uh, yeah, so they concentrated umami and uh, texture is thicker right. too? It, the texture is thicker too, yes, because yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's a little bit detailed, but there are uh, in the beginning of the fermentation, you add brine in the tank, but the, the amount of brine you add to the tank is much less in tamari, so that's why texture itself is very thicker than typical mm. soy sauce. Mm. So, how do you use a tamari in the best way? In cooking or uh, well, oh. certain kind of dishes. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, because yeah, I'm the tamari manufacturer. Uh, my wife used tamari for everything. But, yeah. <laughs> 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 but uh, if I would say that um, yeah, because it uh, is strong umami flavor, it may be good with the strong flavored ingredients such as a uh, meat or beef dishes, and. Uh, this is what I always tell people that uh, your choice of wine might be good, uh, might be a good indicator. Like uh, <clears throat> you choose wine between red or white, depending on what you eat. And the tamari might be good with the dishes that are good with red wine. So that might be a good indicator. Mm, interesting. Right. Um, so, and I heard that because of the rich umami and texture, uh, it can mitigate uh, the smell, too strong smell of certain, you know, I don't know, like lamb or uh, also mm. the fishy fish I heard. Yeah. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's interesting, it's very versatile, but if you want, you can choose um, in a certain way. And also, I think um, I had tamari with nice, uh, thick, uh, denser tofu. Oh, and I see, I see. I see. Mm. Yeah, it's not as silken, but it's uh, the thicker one. And uh, mm-hmm. I think the texture of both work together and in your mouth. So, yeah, it, it's a very interesting um, soy sauce. I thought it was that there's so many things you can play with. And, uh, mm-hmm. and of course, umami, it's the guaranteed umami that people look for in soy sauce. So, exactly. Right. And uh, so, um, also, your tamari products are gluten-free, but not all tamari mm-hmm. is not gluten-free. So, why is that? Yeah, you are right that the majority of tamari made in Japan is made with wheat, actually. And uh, <clears throat> the reason for this is the aroma, I think. Um, the unique aroma of soy sauce is derived from the uh, wheat. And uh, Japanese people in general love the aroma of soy sauce. So no matter what type of soy sauce they may use, they expect a certain level of soy sauce aroma, even on tamari too. So that is why tamari manufacturers also use a small amount of wheat in order to give it a little bit aroma. That's why I think, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. that yeah. However, I didn't realize I was looking for that kind of yeah. uh, flavor. Uh, it's like a sweeter, uh, additional yeah. sweetness. Yeah, exactly. Yes, the, uh, yeah, that is true. That because yeah, wheat contains a lot of starch, which is broken down into sugar during fermentation. So that makes sense that if you add wheat, the uh, total uh, flavor get a little bit sweeter. Yes, you are right. Mm-hmm. 
Mm, interesting. And is it, I also heard uh, people add uh, wheat because it's, it makes it easier to ferment. Is that true also? <laughs> you know, a lot of things about soy sauce. <laughs> 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 Sounds like I don't have to explain, but uh, yeah, uh, you are right that the, uh, um, actually, if you use the wheat, uh, the fermentation period can get a little bit shorter because, uh, yes, the um, starch can be fermented easier than the uh, protein. So, um, yeah, that makes, the, if you use uh, wheat, yes, it will help the fermentation also. Too. Yes. Mm, right. So you're making <laughs> your work harder, but there is a benefit of gluten-free. So, um, yes, yeah, so I think a lot of people now, nowadays are aware of some gluten effects, negative effects of gluten. So um, are there many customers that you, they prefer because your products are gluten-free, that's your, that's their choice of products, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the, yeah, this is why they, in Japan, they, uh, they add wheat normally because in Japan, there not many people are looking for the gluten-free product or not, uh, how do I say, they're not people who are, I say, uh, gluten, gluten is not that they um, uh, the issue for uh, Japanese people that much. But in the in, in the U.S., yes, just you said, uh, there are a lot of people who are, who need to or who want to avoid gluten for many reasons. So yes, they are, it's getting bigger and bigger for gluten-free demand. So that they are, uh, yes, tamari is good for that. Mm, right. And I was uh, perusing your website and uh, on your product page, I found a product called No Soy Tamari, soy-free and gluten-free, uh, which is made without soybeans. And it's also gluten-free. So, um, and I, I know I'm aware that soy soybeans can cause allergies. So mm-hmm. it sounds like an amazing product, but what are the ingredients of it and uh, what does it taste like? Yeah. Uh, our non-soy tamari is made from the uh, uh, green peas, and uh, this non-soy tamari, um, the flavor of non-soy tamari might be a little bit sweeter than regular tamari soy sauce. Uh, of course, mm. uh, it doesn't mean that we add sugar. We do not add sugar. And uh, what is happening here is that um, the green pea has more starch, than tamari does. So this starch is broken down into sugar during fermentation process. So that makes it sweeter. Mm, right. Well, <laughs> what I hear, peas, <laughs> green peas, I, I, this is my kind of thing. So I probably purchase it <laughs> after this. Yeah, then the sweetness yeah, and actually, uh, this yeah. one. Go ahead. Yeah. Good, good, good. Actually, we tried many ingredients to make their non-soy product. And uh, one of the uh, most in- interesting ingredient you may think is that hemp. We use hemp for wow. <laughs> in order to yeah, but it didn't it didn't go well, so that we had to give up. But uh, yeah, hmm, interesting. Interesting. Uh, what was the reason it didn't it didn't ferment well or some kind of different flavors? Yeah, uh, actually. Well, it it's the taste. The taste becomes so how I say uh, vegetable. I mean, the greenish. I know how I say it's very uh, 
difficult to explain their uh, the unique or a little bit strange flavor, but uh, it, it was not doing well. So the funny thing or the funny thing is that we have the bigger laboratory in our company in Japan. So uh, I thought that they can make it better even with the hemp product, hemp, hemp ingredient. So actually we sent the hemp to our parent company in Japan, but it, it ended up at stop at the custom because we are not allowed to use <laughs> right. Japan. And, uh, yeah, we were brave enough to send it, but uh, we just I just forgot that it was prohibited. Right. Well, it sounds like but, a very yeah, it, uh, yeah. sustainable <laughs> ingredient, right? I think. Yeah, right. I thought it's a good thing, but yeah. Mm. Well, I, I'll uh, keep me posted on new ingredients because I'm so curious. Just, I <laughs> yeah, think some it, point in the future. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. And uh, so, uh, why do you think your products became so popular in America? I mean, going back again, it's originally a Japanese flavor, that soy sauce, but really in a big part of the Whole Foods shelf, I think it's a huge success. So what do you think? Yeah, I think the, over the time, the, for one thing, the, I think people are choosing healthier. There are certain people who wanted to choose healthier option more and more, not only that being gluten-free, but also we were, for example, first soy sauce in the U.S. to be certified organic or the first soy sauce to be certified non-GMO. So though, uh, when, when people wanted to choose healthier option, uh, our plan might be the number one. And uh, in addition, I believe that the growing awareness of the taste of umami has contributed to the preference for tamari since it contains a lot of umami. So the, this is another reason, I, I think. Mm, that makes sense. Um, I think uh, well, the image of soy sauce being healthy, uh, it's not fatty for sure, um, but I think uh, what I heard is umami enhances satisfaction after you eat something. Mm-hmm. And uh, unlimited craving of sugar or salt can be a problem. If you have uh, rich umami in food, your brain captures uh, that signals uh, you had enough, you're satisfied. So in that sense, I think umami-rich food like tamari is very healthy as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. Okay, and um, so how has the U.S. soy sauce market changed in terms of the palate of customers since you moved here? Uh, um, there was a time, I think, uh, when, people, when people said that as far as it was black in color and salty, it was good enough. But uh, it was, yeah, like a decade ago when uh, there was a time like that. But there... Uh, as I mentioned earlier, people have the people have come to appreciate the many characteristics of soy sauce, including the umami or aroma. So yeah, it it is getting changing a lot. Mm, right, and also of course, um, I think Japanese cuisine can be called a part of American diet, especially you know ramen boom oh. arrived. So it's uh, oh, I see, I see, I see. yeah. Right? So soy sauce, I mean, every um, cabinet <laughs> and pantry <laughs> of uh, American households, it's, it used to be what that could happen in the future, but then I think it's mm-hmm. actually happening. So that's great. 
Um, and uh, as I said earlier, you studied the Hakko Hub uh, to revitalize the traditional fermented product industry. So what is Hakko Hub and uh, what's your mission? Yeah, thank you for asking that. <clears throat> um, HakkoHub.com is a website that provides information on fermented food. And uh, actually, our company is paid for its operation, but we do not promote uh, our product in any way. Um, it is a website that provides knowledge on a variety of products we do not offer, such as mirin, shiokoji, miso sake, or others. And um, <clears throat> we started this website because I wanted to support small manufacturers in Japan because um, um, there are many manufacturers who make very good fermented food in Japan. But uh, unfortunately, um, the Japanese market is getting smaller and smaller. And uh, <clears throat> the business environment is getting tougher every year. Uh, for example, um, in Japan, uh, at this point, at this point, there there are one thousand one hundred uh, soy sauce manufacturers in Japan, in that small country. So that sounds many, but uh, when I was born, nineteen seventy-two, there was there were six thousand soy sauce manufacturers. So you can tell that. Um, certain amount of soy sauce manufacture are out of business every year. Mm. And uh, yeah, that's many. And it is not happening, not only soy sauce industry, but also miso or sake or any traditional fermented food industry having the same issue. And uh, there are many reasons for this change. Uh, for example, one of them is that what we eat is changing. Uh, for example, uh, when I was a small child, I grew up on the Japanese food. For example, we ate natto for breakfast, soba noodle for lunch, and uh, pot for dinner maybe. And um, <clears throat> all of them used soy sauce. Um, on the other hand, the, today the little kid eat Kellogg cornflakes for breakfast and McDonald's for lunch and pasta for dinner. And um, I want to tell you that I love all of them and uh, my kid loved all of them too. And uh, I'm not blaming any of them, but they are, the reality is that they do not use soy sauce in it. Therefore, their soy sauce consumption per person in Japan has decreased by half over the past 50 years. And uh, additionally, Japanese, Japan's population is also shrinking. And uh, I learned that by the end of this century, the population will decrease by 40%. And of course, the food industry depends on the number of stomach. The impact is significant. So, yeah, therefore, um, yeah, if there is opportunity for people in foreign countries to use those fermented food from Japan more and more, and then export from Japan can be increased, which will help more manufacturing in Japan at the end. Mm. But um, however, in order to people in foreign countries, including in the US, to use those fermented food, we must 
first increase the awareness level of those fermented foods. That is why um, I have started using this website to provide more information. Mm, right. So, um, yeah, I mean, the hakko means fermentation and top chefs like Rene uh, Recepi um, and all those, you know, people inspired a lot of home cooks and chefs to use fermented foods, which is good and good for your health, your microbiome increases. And it's so much better than, you know, like uh, processed food and probably you can reduce your health care cost as well by eating mm-hmm. fermented foods naturally. So, um, yeah, it's amazing. Your website, uh, it's like a learn section. You have a detailed information about soy sauce, mirin, miso, koji, sake, and uh, hakko itself, and also recipes and DIY. You can have DIY kits. <laughs> so uh, mm-hmm. you can learn a lot about hakko uh, fermentation things in English, of course. So, yeah, so listeners, it's uh, HakkoHub, H-A-K-K-O-H-U-B.com, HakkoHub.com, uh, right? And uh, so what are the main activities uh, to support declining fermentation industry at HakkoHub? It's like a writing-based? Uh, yeah, uh, in addition to providing information, we try to provide uh, opportunity to experience as much as possible and uh, so far, there are three main ones. The first one is the uh, uh, DIY opportunities. We offered free um, make your own tamari kit for people to make their own tamari at home. And uh, last year, no, last year, yes, we made about 900 sets and uh, sent them all over the world. And uh, I think you can understand everything better when you make it from the scratch by yourself. And then the second one is that um, last year I organized fermentation tour. Uh, we visited 11 fermentation brewery in Japan. And for this tour, about three, uh, 30 people are uh, joined from the, all over the world, mainly from the United States. And then the reason why I organized this tour is because if you actually visit the factory and talk with the producer and taste the product on the site, you will love the product and it will also <clears throat> make you attached to the plant. And that is why I organized it. And the last one is that um, I held an open house at my factory last year too. Um, our factory is located in Richmond, Virginia, where we make soy sauce from the scratch. And uh, yeah, we will have did another open house this September. So if you have a chance, please come and join us. Mm, right. Well, so what's amazing is that you kind of um, promote your competitors in the same industry. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it's a smart, um, very wise thing to me because bigger the pie, people get more interest in actual products. But what you're doing is really um, important because it's uh, time is ticking, right? Because all those artisanal producers are aging and uh, they are, many of them are family businesses. So uh, we can't wait uh, for another 10, 20 years. They're going to shrink. So Correct. Yeah. yeah. So Takaisa, you are doing is something I think really valuable. And uh, hope a listener can join um, what you do and you visit the website to learn more about um, 
soy sauce and other fermented products to support uh, the declining, fast declining business, uh, the industry in Japan. So, so how do you predict the future of the global soy sauce and uh, fermented product market? Yeah, the, um, yeah from conclusion, conclusion there, I believe that it will grow even more. And um, actually, uh, this is something you might not know that the soy sauce is already the third biggest condiment category in the U.S. after ketchup and mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. It is main, yeah, amazing. And it is mainly, of course, the Kikkoman's contribution. But uh, I believe that it's going to become more and more common in the U.S. And uh, I think similar trend will happen in other countries, too. So, yes, yeah, it will grow even more. Mm, that's great. Like Japanese sake, which has been a declining industry, but the overseas market is uh, really exceedingly uh, doing well. So um, I hope it's going to happen uh, in other artisanal fermented product industry, too. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. So, what are your plans and dreams? Well, my dream is that I hope that my tamari will expand their range of your cooking. But uh, <clears throat> I'm not saying that tamari is always the best. Um, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that um, if you change your favorite seasoning to tamari from time to time, you might be able to enjoy your meal in a new way. And uh, for example, that um, uh, barbecue. Yes, I love the barbecue sauce for the barbecue, but the uh, tamari might be good once in a while. Or uh, if you live in the UK, the fish and chips is uh, one of the major menu. And uh, I love the vinegar for the fish and chips, but... Uh, tamari might be good once in a while, or if you live in the Germany, the, yes, the uh, sausage is my favorite when I visit the Germany, and the mustard is always good with the sausage, but the tamari might be good once in a while too. So, yeah, I'd be happy if you use our tamari like that. Mm. And also, uh, soy sauce and tamari and other condiments are not mutually exclusive, right? Because uh, mm-hmm. yep. I think uh, adding umami uh, with soy sauce can really make everything kind of deeper and more satisfying, as uh, we discussed mm-hmm. earlier. And uh, yeah, the, uh, umami has an interesting nature to enhance sweetness and saltiness and then mitigate the bitterness and the sourness. So uh, satisfaction guaranteed if you add some tamari <laughs> to its existing uh, condiments like uh, barbecue rub or uh, even mayonnaise. Um I think, yeah, yeah it, it really it's surprising. It's like a couple drops <laughs> changes the whole game. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly. <laughs> right? Um, I'm getting uh, hungry now. So, um, all right. So, where, uh, where can uh, our listeners buy your products? Uh, of course, the Whole Foods Market, I, I keep seeing it, but where else can we buy your Sanjay label products? Oh, yeah. The, I think the, all of them, all of the health, uh, the natural food market. Uh, not only Whole Foods Market, but also like Sprouts or, yeah, the, if you go to the uh, Natural Food Market, yes, you can find ours, uh, definitely. And uh, also our website, uh, you can get our, our product from the, um, yeah, uh, from our website. So, the, yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So the website is sanjay-j.com. Sanjay, S-A-N-J.com. Okay. Right. And, uh, yeah. right. and uh, also your, yeah, the other social media, anything else you want to uh, tell us yeah. for updates? Uh, I started my Instagram two years ago. And uh, yes, that is... I'm enjoying the, my Instagram and like I could communicate with the, uh, many people from around the world about fermentation. So that, yeah, if you, you visit my the Instagram, yeah, I'm happy. Okay, so your Instagram account it's a Sanjay. No, it's not the Sanjay. Uh, uh, my uh, my Instagram is the Takashi underscore Tamari. Okay, right. Takashi. T a k a s h i underscore Tamari. Okay, great. Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, keep us posted and then hopefully you can come back for another new discoveries and uh, updates on Hakohav and everything else. Great. Right. So thank you so much for joining us today, Takashi. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank right. you. All right. So listeners, if you have any questions or comments about the show or suggestions for show topics or guests, please contact us at Japanese at the Heritage Radio Network. Network.org or kikatema.com. Japanese is a weekly program and is always available at heritageradionetwork.org as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify as a podcast. Our engineer is Amis Benjan and thanks for listening. I will see you next week. Japanese is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.